0: Brandon's here with Alyssa, here with Amy. Amy, how are you? What is bicycle day? I'm doing well. (laughs) What's bicycle day? Let's just get right into it. You're, you know, we're sitting here getting ready to record, and Amy like stops us all dead in the tracks. Hold on. I can make time for this despite today being just a national holiday. What's going on?
1: Well, no, you. Um, it was really a warning to you that I might you might not want me to take part in this recording because uh, Bicycle Day is a wonderful day in 1943, April 19th, when Albert Hoffman in Switzerland managed to synthesize and consume 250 micrograms of a certain compound he had gotten from ergot mold. And then he rode his bicycle home. And that was the first acid trip anyone ever had. I see. It's the
2: coolest shit ever.
1: I see what's <laughs> happening here. I won't celebrate anything on Hitler's birthday, so I celebrate bicycle day instead.
2: I love that.
1: You celebrate it when? Uh, I celebrate bicycle day instead of
0: 420. Uh I see. Is Hitler's birthday on
1: 420?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: on 419. What? When's Hitler's birthday? Like why are like what is
2: 420,
0: Brandon? Oh, so you don't celebrate 420 like because Hitler happens to be born on that day?
2: No,
1: I just find it more convenient to celebrate 419 because of Bicycle Day.
0: Oh, I see. This all makes sense. Listen, I think that you can enjoy 420. I'm not going to make you. But uh honestly, the <laughs> thing the thing with people like Hitler is uh you really have to deplatform them. You really have to defeat them in the free marketplace of ideas. And just as an idea, weed Did you I just would say, say free
2: the marketplace
0: the free marketplace of ideas, I would say that weed has defeated Hitler in that marketplace of ideas. I was we actually have. Um,
1: talking about this earlier with somebody and they suggested that four twenty should be National Successful Painter's Day.
2: Oh, but wasn't he an artist am i being successful. overprotective
1: i
0: see what you mean successful painters we can celebrate <laughs>
2: oh, okay i'm so slow Oh,
0: so basically we're making it no hitler's day everyone can celebrate <laughs> even if you're a shitty painter you can call yourself a success you didn't like attempt any genocides of any people <laughs> so like really it's a day <laughs> to celebrate it's a day to celebrate every artist that's ever made anything except for hitler
2: except for genocides <laughs> yeah.
0: Hopefully, I, is there any other artist that's so bad that like it's Hitler and then them are the only two? I hopefully Hitler is just totally lonely. Can we just top. unring the Hitler
1: bell and, and I don't know, <laughs> I
0: <can> start over? <laughs> Let's un. All right, fine. Let's unring the Hitler bell. We <laughs> all listen to NPR.
2: What NPR
0: uh, National Public Radio? What
2: only is. when
1: my phone is not working. <laughs>
2: I really honestly you know
1: No, I would listen to it for twenty five years, went from zero to twenty
0: five. I mean Alyssa, you are somebody that uh loves to canvas and have real authentic conversations with people. So does
2: So I don't really be, like NPR, to be Well honest. does
0: listening to mainstream media help inform like what the arguments are going to be coming down the pipe or how people talk to things? Or do you feel like we just shut off all of that stuff and don't need to put it in our brains?
2: In between on that. Uh, I won't listen to those things (laughs) unless like i have to but you know for me the breaking point was when npr did a real big piece on uh how it, it was just slamming activism and protesting and stuff like that uh, i think it was about last year and, and it was shaming a lot of the people i was working with so if you know i i've found that there are so many independent podcasters streamers twitter's you know, different independent sources who are doing that dirty work for me. I'd rather give them my views and or listen than that. I'm not saying like, I'll just bury my head in the sand. But, you know, even down to letting Brandon read the news for me.
0: I mean, I've read you a lot of news. You've learned I a have.
2: lot. I have. I mean, and I'll read the news, but I'm not big on supporting. I, I once was a paying member of the NPRs, but.
1: you here, me too.
2: Yeah, hey, me-
0: Amy, talk about your relationship with both public radio and other institutions like that and the mainstream media as a whole.
1: Oh, so I was raised in the hippie subculture, like deep within it. Like you only listen to NPR. Um, Wow. You only watched PBS. You know, I could watch commercial television for a couple hours on the weekend, but it was considered bad for my brain. Yep. And, you know, like my parents were like this side of not getting me vaccinated. Like, just this, just the scientific side of that, you know? <laughs> um, like, but we definitely had friends that were, like, not so far right, they didn't get vaccinated, but were so far left, they didn't get vaccinated or have birth certificates because, you know, the fucking government, right? So, yeah, like, NPR was, like, the only thing, you know, other than that, you were, like, reading underground shit, you know? What is your relationship
0: now with, like, you're probably not listening to Well, I've to the stopped
1: podcast. listening to it. And it's yeah. freed my freaking mind in a lot of ways. Like, I, I listen to what my mother, for example, has to say about Biden, and it is not connected to reality. And I feel like that's a result of NPR and especially MSNBC, to be honest.
2: Oh, yeah. It's a fucking vicious cycle.
1: Hey, mom, please don't listen to this.
2: Right? We love you, mom. Sorry.
1: I love you. You're so wonderful.
2: If my mom knew how to use any of these. Wait, what is Mother's Day? Not like anybody's going to celebrate it for me, but. It's May 9th. Thank you. Okay. But no, I, I I grew up on like the opposite but same spectrum, Amy, if that makes any sense, which is that like I grew up with a bunch of like ignorant hillbillies who hated the government.
1: Oh yeah, we get along with them just fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it's almost a circle. It's well, and that's kind of one of the things that I found to be almost enlightening canvassing in like rural Iowa and in the trailer parks of Iowa where they were like, you know, I that was one of like my secret tricks, if you will, was that, you know, a lot of them weren't expecting some. I'm going to go ahead and be liberal with this and call myself a kid, but you know, they weren't expecting some kid from California to have any idea of what it was like to live in a rural trailer park and, didn't realize how vast California is, A, but B, that like, there is a lot of potential overlap in, you know, those hard positions in like, you know, not engaging with certain, like you were saying, like the not vaccinating because you're super right or you're super left. There's just, there's some overlap there.
1: It's about being so far out there that your brains are falling out of your ears, right? (laughs) can be the left or the right brain.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, and then also, though, I found like that now I have a lot of family who's like, no, we're moderate. We meet people in the middle. We're very much proud, radical liberals who are just very Uh, happy to engage with these things. And you're like, okay, but that's not what I'm saying either. It's a difficult web to navigate. But I feel like once you figure out how to navigate those things, it can be kind of fun to even just to catch people off guard and be like, you know.
1: I mean, that position has been with us since the French Revolution, though, you know, like you got to it's there. You got to address it.
2: Well, yeah, there's um, I think I think that a lot of. Yeah, it does suck. And I think that there's a lot of people who are willing to just cancel That's a bad word because it's a buzzword now, but to just like not engage or to disengage with people because they're like from one branch or another. But, Mm -hmm. you know, with a little finesse, a little charm, a little skill, you can usually find some overlap. And and if you with a little
0: finesse, a little charm, a little skill, a little bit of Erica by my side,
1: (laughs) a little (laughs) jeez, God, Um,
0: Um. Listen. How do you feel about the news? You, we've got a new administration, Biden, most people aren't super satisfied. There has been more, I guess, internal fracturing on the left around uh, elections. What's your current feeling on like AOC? The room
1: goes silent. Is that, does anybody want to talk about Well, first of all, I have plenty to say about this, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um I think that so I've been listening to this podcast relentlessly, and it's about the history of revolutions from like Ooh. all the all the European revolutions and then like all the South American revolutions yeah um it's just called revolutions check it out anyway shout out it's awesome and the perspective it's given me is that you can be like a well-meaning proactive actor within a political space and not change the way you actually are acting the way you actually believe and have the political system move around you and i think that like aoc placed herself in this activist role that is not where she actually was you know, and it didn't take very long for that to become apparent as activism moved far left of where she was.
0: Well, Alyssa, do you want to add anything? What do you what do you want to see from? I mean, look, she's got one seat in a 535 person body. I don't know most of the people criticizing her have problems standing out in a classroom uh with 20 people and getting like someone to talk to them let alone getting 500 people to do what you say on fucking moxie and willpower you know i think people sometimes forget that all these other congress people have got their own constituents you know what i mean they've got their own donors and shit
1: yeah i mean to be clear she's not um She's not pulling ninety degrees away from me, you know yeah. we we're, we're not pulling one hundred and eighty degrees from each other you know it's it's okay what
0: uh alyssa, do you want to like what would you like to see from Some people who are walks. who are in elected office, i guess in the Biden era I mean, is there anything that will make you feel good like honestly, it's rough
2: I mean, it is it's rough. I have not really made a statement on the AOC stuff because I'll be real. I don't know exactly how to articulate it. Other than I see a lot of people calling her out for things that I think are ill-informed, but I think there's critiques and nuance to be made and engaged. No,
0: no nuance. Yes. I like, come on here, we're doing a podcast and you guys start, well, you know, it's a complicated issue. Let's move on. Let's talk about Matt Gates. Florida, Congress. <laughs> this is somebody that like, this guy got busted and was on Twitter like the next week talking about like, I heard you guys canceled me. I hear the deep state has got it in for me. Mm-hmm. Are there still people that are like donating to Matt Gates to get reelected or run for president? I mean, it seems like a real open and shut case. I'm not a legal expert, but it just seems really fucked up to me.
1: Matt okay, Gaetz yeah. fundraising. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, look, if you see some oh, article shit. on Politico where it's like Matt Gates is making a million dollars overnight.
2: There's a bunch of fucking QAnon cucumbers on there probably donating to him. Especially, yeah.
0: especially he started a caucus with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You'd think that together they could uh, raise enough money for a week, you know?
1: Oh, they're they're fucking making money. It's just like when Trump was raising money for this and that and selling flags like it's a money grab. It you is know? It's, it is not about a movement for these fellows. Well, I mean, they're mo- they are moving. They are it's moving.
2: about abuse and abuse of power.
0: They're moving backwards, but they are moving. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene, who you know was the uh the partner for this thing, she is backpedaling obviously. I don't know. I mean, I think that one of the problems with just being conservative is just that your regular professed values are like just so radical that it's hard to filter them out from like someone being intentionally radical if that makes sense at all like it's hard Mm -hmm. to separate it from parody it's hard to separate actionable stuff that can get banned from like a social media website from like regular conservative philosophy
1: i think well isn't that like i think kennedy and i talk about this a lot is like that's that's sort of inherent to a lot of the sort of authoritarian rights platform you know is, is to obfuscate their true motives and their true intentions
0: the reason why I'm saying this is I want to, like, read some of this stuff. And I want to really ask how different this is from just the Republican platform.
1: Right.
0: All right. The America First Caucus exists to promote congressional policies that are to the long-term benefit of the American nation. The North Star of any policy pr- proposal will be that which serves the American people. And any consequential analysis of policy platforms must be based on this principle. Republican platform, right? hmm <laughs> As this implies a degree of ideological flexibility, a certain intellectual boldness is needed among members of the AFC to follow in President Trump's footsteps and potentially step on some toes and sacrifice sacrifice sacred cows for the good of the American nation. I love that we couldn't get—we're we one and a half paragraphs in, and there's already something kind of racist. <laughs> so we all have to die. Yeah. Why do we? Yeah. Why are we sacrificing sacred cows? You know, and obviously- people are hungry. I guess-
2: I'm just kidding.
0: Here are the platforms. I want to read a little bit of each one, and we can go in more detail about any of these party platform planks that y'all want to talk about. Election fraud. The AFC is in support of nationwide systemic electoral reform. And by the way, Democrats, I need you to understand something. When you say we support nationwide systemic reform, like nationwide systemic reform is literally just the Marjorie Taylor Greene platform on elections. And if you think about it, if this is something where, hey, this person is obviously using uh, a sunny platitude to distract from the actual policy goal, maybe that's something we can all learn from here. Anyway, recent election results demonstrate a compromised integrity of elections, our election system is a subject of global mockery, federal elections have been undermined by using voting machines that are readily compromised and legally accessed, whereby results appear manipulated, voters are disenfranchised, and faith in our system eroded. Here, here is a paragraph carefully written to not get sued.
2: Well, and and one taking things that are in a lot of people's opinion, even on the left, I feel confident saying accurate to some degree. Like if, <laughs> if we want to go look at the primaries this year or things like that, like yes, there is voter disenfranchisement. Yes, there is, in a lot of people's opinions, a lack of authenticity and integrity in these things, yada yada yada. Um, but just say them, there like,
1: is all of those things.
2: Well, but spinning it, does that make sense? I mean, I'm not saying any of those things are true in the way they're presenting them. I do think, Uh though, that's how they get a lot of people is they get a a kernel of truth and present it as a bouquet.
1: Well, okay, so the Republican platform is built on and I'm not defending the Democratic Party by saying this in any stretch of the imagination, but the Republican Party is uniquely built like an abusive family. And all of like the denial and the like the weird hypocrisy and silence that goes into that is like built into the Republican Party, you know, and how people think about the Republican Party.
0: Let me read a little more. Let's read this paragraph again. Recent election results demonstrate a compromised integrity of our elections. Again, I can't get sued for talking about integrity of elections. You know, what does integrity mean? I can't quantify it. Right. Our election system is a subject of global mockery. Again, I can't get sued for saying it. It doesn't make any sort of allegation that can be, you know, seen as libelous. Across the country, federal elections have been undermined. That doesn't say anything about the results or anything like that. Undermined can be like a single vote, it's undermined. By using voting machines that are readily compromised and legally accessed, not that they were, just you know they could be they're ready to be compromised i guess like any computer can be you know you know what i mean
1: yeah what is what does readily mean
0: results appear manipulated voters are disenfranchised faith in our system eroded it's a bunch of words that don't mean anything basically
2: well that's what i was gonna say it's meaningless jargon
1: well and it fits that that abusive family motif this is projection right yeah. For decades, the Republican Party has been restricting the vote through nefarious means. And as soon as they lose anything, they start projecting that behavior onto everyone else but them. Yeah. This is just narcissistic BS Narciss- yep. writ large across a political party.
2: Right. Well, and I feel like, feel like that's where what I was kind of trying to say with that like kernel in a bouquet is that there's like, you know, there's the blatant narcissism that we're seeing. And then there's the covert narcissism we're seeing on the other side.
0: Well, let's talk about sovereignty, because that's a very important platform. America was founded on the basis of individual and state sovereignty to ensure that no free American would be lorded over by a monarch ever again. Unfortunately, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. and the elites who control them have risen to form a new oligarchy, one that is far more decadent, corrosive, and hostile to the will of the people than the founders could have ever dreamed of. Let me tell you something about decadent and hostile. The
1: founders were pretty fucking founded. hostile to the will yeah, of now the let's people. Talk about Let me tell- like yeah. it's
0: people's <laughs> will, uh, it seems anyway
2: none of my friends like the founding fathers
0: <laughs> I just want to mention that big tech is ranked number three like on this platform that da 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 like it is behind election fraud and national sovereignty uh, is big tech anyway Silicon Valley tech well first of all do you guys want to talk about the, the elites and the oligarchy
1: isn't this just tapping into that bullshit anti-semitic paranoia
0: They're going to expose deep state actors at the federal level.
1: Yeah, this is all fucking dog whistle coded language for anti-Semitism, anti-elitism.
0: It is, but this is just the Republican platform. Isn't this just George W. Bush? Like, what makes this, like, the whole point of this entire segment? Guys, imagine George W. Bush. Unfortunately, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. have risen to form a new oligarchy, one that is more decadent and hostile to the will of people than the founders could have ever dreamed of. Um, the Phrase exposing deep state actors is new.
1: Yeah, I don't think Bush would have said most of that, actually. But
0: that's just what the internet's saying, you know? And the Republican Party has always given some red meat to the yokels, you know, and repeated what they say back to them.
1: Well, talk radio has always fed red meat. It's just that talk radio has not usually been the center of the party so much as the center of the House of Representatives for the party.
0: Alyssa, what do you think?
2: I think something pretty controversial. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Controversy <laughs> yeah. alert. What do we got here?
2: I'm going to double down on this. So, everybody get your cancel buttons out. I'm just kidding. Not a good time, Melissa. Anyways. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> I thought really. I was Not I already canceled myself. But for real. I am very much somebody who would say that... If these people weren't doing what they were doing and you took those words and put them into different contexts, I think that there could be a modicum of accuracy to some of Oh some. sister,
1: it's all, that's the problem. That's,
2: well, but that's Every my point. single
1: characterization of that is true. It's just that they're projecting it onto someone else when it yes. is in fact partially their organization accomplishing this bullshit they're complaining about.
2: Totally. So that's okay. So I guess it's not that controversial. That's no sister.
1: You say. are like, we are there. We are. Okay. Oh, honey.
2: I've, I just been talking, but, I've been talking to my Republican neighbors in my trailer park and have had to be. And this is the
1: conversation I would have had with my father and my older brother around the dinner table after we heard George W. Bush's speeches, you know? Yeah. Like, it would have been the same shit. Like, how is this, the deep state projecting the presence of a deep state onto other actors to protect itself?
2: Right. Well, it's a co opting a in an exchange of blame. Again, so again, I go back to like the narcissism versus covert narcissism. I feel like, again, there's this, this way of presenting these things so that they can sound like they're anti-establishment and that they're whatever, but then while propagating like very much establishment.
0: All right. So, and for everybody who doesn't know big tech, they're just tired of getting banned like the treasure trove of data they've collected from americans have given them powers that would make a soviet dictator blush you know that kind of stuff anyway immigration (laughs) the america first caucus and I will unmute Alyssa just in case. The America First Caucus recognizes that our country is more than a mass of consumers. or a series of abstract ideas, America is a nation with a border and a culture, strengthened by a common respect for uniquely Anglo-Saxon political Yada, yada, tribute.
1: yada, white nationalism.
0: History has shown that societal trust and political unity are threatened when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country, particularly without institutional support for assimilation and an expansive welfare state to bail them out should they fail to contribute positively to the country.
1: Oh, oh, stop right there. That is factually false. This is like not just wishy-washy. Like the data shows that mass influxes of immigrants always stimulate the economy and are good for the society in the long run. So that's just like some straight up bull shit they're lying that's not like in Mm -hmm. the same category of like wishy-washy projection we've been talking about up to now
0: While certain economic and financial interest groups benefit from mass immigration, legal as well as illegal, and the aggregate output of the country increases, the reality of large segments of our society, as well as the long term future of America as a unique country with a unique culture and a unique identity, being put at a necessary risk is something our leaders can afford to ignore no longer. As such, America's legal immigration system should be curtailed to those that can contribute not only economically, but have demonstrated respect for this nation's culture and rule of law. I I don't know what that means
1: aside from all, it means blah 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 ethno-nationalism blah 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 <laughs> it's all
0: super it's super long you know post 1965 immigrants uh that's after the civil rights movement Previous cohorts were more educated, earned higher wages, and didn't have an expansive welfare state to fall back on when they couldn't make it in America, and they didn't stay in the country at the expense of native-born people. Another important point of note is many causes in immigration have taken place in this country following an intake of immigrants. These pauses have been essential in assimilating new arrivals and weeding out those who couldn't or refused to abandon their old loyalties and plunge into mainstream American society. Um...
1: Brandon, you gave me a stroke. <laughs>
0: yeah, we've got infrastructure. Listen, the American First Caucus—they support infrastructure. They're pro-infrastructure. How big is this caucus? It's yes. zero people. It was one and a half people, but they've all been runt off. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates,
1: Gohmert—they all got bullied away from this. Frankly, they can all suck my fat ass girl dick. i love oh, become irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just sent you a friend request.
1: That'll do it. That's how you get one.
2: (laughs) Um, But, oh man, I got distracted. That was my favorite thing I've heard all day. But um, I really just feel like every single conversation of immigration is just a reiteration at this point of some bullshit from like 1912 it's just rewording rephrasing and trying to reinforce this idea that is
0: you know back in the night, back in that day they were saying the previous immigrants were really okay but these were um, yeah. I mean anybody that knows what nativism was like in california during like the era where the chinese were there putting down railroads and shit and there were literal riots it's not like oh they were really well educated um, <laughs> you know come on like of course
2: I mean, and that takes me on to, like, this is a tangent, but, like, the state of California is... It's a fucking shit show, actually. But um, you know, there there is a lot of history here with anti-immigration. And the more I live here and the more I research here, the more I'm like absolutely dumbfounded that anybody could pretend that it's even a liberal state. And and I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean that absolutely as an insult, but it's astounding to me. But you know, even down to like I hate to bring up Trump because I know Biden's the president now. But again, I go back to like, okay, Trump rewarded his anti-immigration shit from again historical speeches that were written in times where it was blatantly okay to be absolutely xenophobic racist all these things and then now biden has once again reworded the same thing so that there's like these bullshit distinctions that are just as hard if not harder you know if not worse in so much as like you know down to the like unaccompanied adult or, or child sorry And I go back to, like, I I think one thing for me that always stuck with me, and this is probably because I'm a mom, but, you know, it's overwhelmingly heartbreaking for me to see these things going on. Because I can't imagine any single fucking person, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, being like, oh, yeah, no, we should totally just absolutely leave these kids locked in these places. And I know I sound like, oh, don't lock the kids in cages. But I mean, like, for real, how is this even a discussion?
1: Actually actually I'm right there with you. Can I can I just address my fellow white bitches real quick?
2: Yeah, I'm here.
1: No, white sorry. bitches out there in podcast land. You know that shit you like to talk about being like Celtic or having that <clears throat> nice olive skin because you're Italian, your grandmother was Italian, or oh, I'm from Wales, so like oh my God. you know, I have this beautiful like fairy you know vibe to me or whatever right all that shit you're taking pride in was not considered white 200 years ago
2: Oh my god, for real And you were fucking
1: discriminated against. And the only way, the only fucking way you can be okay with treating brown immigrants like this is because you are no longer thinking of what your ancestors went through to get you here, which was the same fucking bullshit. Not a single goddamn Protestant cared if my Irish ancestors lived or died after they came over here in the potato famine. And you're just being just like them. So don't fucking take pride in your little fairy shit if you're not going to be totally fucking open borders. Listen,
0: you got, y'all you have just really na- nailed it down. You guys have knocked the entire subject pretty down. I just want to point out that... Um, and stop having sex with your
1: boyfriends if they're not pro-immigration. They love...
2: Oh or your girlfriend. Fucking sex
1: strike now. Or your, or your girlfriends. whoever they are. <laughs> I don't stop
2: care your who you're banging. Don't bang them if they're not open borders.
1: Yeah.
2: Hard Stop. If
1: they're not open borders, do not open the legs.
2: I was just going to say, if they're not open borders, close the legs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> open
0: borders or close legs is much faster.
2: There we go. One or the other, got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Foreign foreign aid, whether it is aid for humanitarian or military purposes, sending taxpayer money outside the nation is generally an unwise undertaking and an entanglement that rarely provides any benefit to our citizens. Often these funds end up in the wrong hands, are squandered through corruption, or go towards the pet projects of liberal interventionists. American tax dollars should not go towards teaching gender studies in Pakistan we supporting ideologically subversive non-governmental organizations.
2: Um, wait, okay, wait. So we had one paragraph, let me, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had one paragraph talking about how we're really, really, really anti-establishment, but with not using the words and not a, getting to it. And then we have right. this new un-American paragraph. It's like, pick yeah. one of the other, A.
1: Eh? Yes, that's that. Yes, that's what they're going for. And that whole anti-immigration thing relied on this idea that there was a national interest to begin with, Right
2: right and then to just further double down on this wasn't america branding and advertising itself in the truest capitalism sense for a while there as like land of the free come here you have equal opportunity we're here and we are all just we're a nation of immigrants but also we're not
0: Alyssa, did, did you forget the star spangled banner
2: i really did i don't think the
0: national anthem
2: that's probably the good thing the jehovah's witness relatives i have ever taught me
1: i acknowledge only um this land is your land
2: okay fair enough i'll give you that one
1: uh amy feel free to plug your youtube you do a show
2: Are you kicking us off the chat now, Brandon? No, no, no.
0: No, I just figure if Amy's going to start talking about this land is your land, I figure we're this close to Amy just starting to sing. So I
1: I do a musical variety act on Friday nights, usually sometimes Saturday nights. And we sing like worker songs and my own originals and sometimes love songs. Depends on if my girlfriend's in chat.
2: (laughs) Okay, wait. Tag me in that. Sorry. I have a soft spot for musically inclined folks. My. Well, for ba- lack of a better word, my my dead husband was a musician. So, like anything with music, which I cannot, I'm like the most musically incompetent human alive. I'm like, oh, I can put boost them up. Yeah, sorry for the interruption, everybody. You can keep reading your bullshit paper, Brandon.
0: By all means, there's way more bullshit. We're near. We're we're like halfway through, but some of this is so long that we're gonna, you know, they've got a national security. Page. For too long, a hawkish neoconservative foreign policy has been the default for the American right. bogged down in endless conflicts with trillion dollar price tags. We can no longer afford to be the world's policemen. Whole diplomatic endeavors must be taken with Russia and North Korea to ensure a more peaceful world. America cannot sacrifice blood and treasure while so-called allies refuse to pull their weight. Lots of talk about Obama and uh, Libya and Afghanistan are Obama's fault, but that's their national security. A lot of blaming Obama Mm -hmm. and uh, figure it out with Russia, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't understand what like what they expect from this, you know. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Listen, coronavirus. Here we go. Ever since the outbreak
0: of the novel coronavirus originating from China, the United States government and health organizations issued guidelines and policies that would hinder and destroy the American economy. These guidelines, which include mass mandates and social distancing rules, are socially conditioning the culture and behavior of Americans. Additionally, which, by the way, good, um, there's a deadly disease, so you should probably socially condition yourself to not get sick and die. But anyway... Additionally, to truly enforce social distancing and hopefully spread the, diminish the spread of the disease, many state governors have decided to lock down their states, meaning that businesses deemed non-essential are not allowed to open and provide services. These policies have ruined many businesses that such that many Americans are left unemployed and destitute. Damn,
2: it's almost like we
0: need a universal basic income.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say that.
0: Social problems, including suicide and divorce, have escalated because state governors with the encouragement actually it reads which the encouragement of the CDC. Okay, uh, wait,
2: we know that suicide and divorce are like super equal on the same page as
0: yes, of course.
2: Totally equally destructive. Suicide
0: and divorce have escalated. If you are in lockdown with somebody and like after a year, they don't want you after one year locked in the house together remember that you're not really like there's not troops outside your door you can go on walks you know what i mean it just means you're at
1: home more if that destroyed your relationship it's probably not a great relationship you can't handle that you need a better home and if you don't have a better home you know maybe it's time for a revolution Now lots of
2: if you can't hack it, then probably you should close your legs and ask them if they're open borders or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Lots of places have had struggles. Lots of relationships have not made it out of COVID. It's not necessarily that like COVID destroyed the relationship. Probably like, although there are, I mean, look, for some people, the lockdown, like maybe they were immunocompromised, like lots of people had different situations that created extra hardship, but hopefully not just being around the other person because there was a lockdown, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a super long trade policy, and I don't feel like reading it. I'm just going to skip over. There's, There's a lot of trade stuff climate change formerly known as environment conservation of the Ameri- the nation we live in is an important aspect of american nationalism since the 80s climate change formerly known as global warming has become a hot button political issue they went ahead and said nationalism oh yeah <laughs> the american first caucus support conservation of the environment and local lands. But we should not cripple our country's manufacturing sector through agreements such as the Paris Climate Accords. We oppose the globalist vague and irrelevant policies being pushed under the guise of combating climate change. If Americans want to conserve the environment, they should push for better waste management, not wasteful social justice programs like the Green New Deal. The environment basically has to be balanced with preserving opportunities for hiking and camping and farming. That's
1: some Jordan Peterson-ass bullshit right there. That's all yeah. I got to say. Energy. It's vital to
0: preserve the environment, but we shouldn't destroy the energy industry that hires millions of hardworking Americans. Our elected officials should stand proudly with America's struggling coal country against job-killing regulations and welcome the ongoing shift towards clean coal. Which is a fiction, by the way. <laughs> The America First Caucus supports innovation in green energy, such as nuclear energy. However, it's important to closely scrutinize and reduce subsidies for wasteful projects that fail to deliver the required return on investment. I love that they support green energy, such as nuclear. Like, the plutonium rods
1: technically are green, I guess. Well, no, there is a viable solution for nuclear. It's just that there's been this thing we have to do that hasn't been done since the 70s, and that's solved this storage problem. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a solution. It involves like making a huge underground thing that's super safe.
0: Yeah. And Nevada has talked a lot about, you know, having that. And, you know, when you've got something that's unpopular, you've got to go and organize around it. I don't know. Like people on Reddit are great at giving their opinions on nuclear energy, but it's mm-hmm. not like Redditors are canvassing talking about nuclear or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Unless, unless you can accomplish that thing, there's no use talking about nuclear. <laughs>
0: One one of uh, the things that I saw on Twitter, I forget who tweeted it, but was saying that we should replace China with my ex-wife in news articles and see what happens. I would like to read the final part of the America First Caucus policy platform, but I would just like to read it in that format.
1: Go for it, please. Oh my
0: yeah, god! Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say my ex-wife. Yes, um, whenever China is mentioned. Not since the fall of the Soviet Union has America faced a civilizational challenge from another state actor quite like my ex-wife. While the liberalization of my ex-wife in the 90s and early 2000s gave hope that she was moving in the direction of being a peaceful and beneficial actor on the world stage, the era has been one defined by the dangerous resurrection of neo-Maoist thinking. Unfortunately, American corporations following policies that have incentivized investment outside of the US have chosen to invest in my ex-wife and place (laughs) short-term financial interest at the expense of basic human decency. In doing so, we must confront a dangerous new reality where much of America's soft power is actively siding with an increasingly hostile global actor at the same time America's military is mismanaged to overextending itself in the sands of the Middle East. We must check any globalist institutions that increasingly laud the authoritarian nation of my wife as a model for future governance, not a terrifying rejection of civilized society. Furthermore, we understand that the rise of my wife means that the United States must be prepared militarily and economically to compete with a peer competitor.
2: <laughs> oh, that's
1: glorious. I mean, it makes the projection awful clear.
2: Yeah, it really, it almost makes more sense that way than any other way. I God, mean,
1: isn't that
0: true? Isn't that true? <laughs> like, really, this entire platform has extreme divorced dad energy.
2: It does. But, and you know why, though? It's because they compare it to suicide.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not sorry,
2: wrong. I should have probably given a trigger warning on that and not. Oh, made no, no,
1: but it. it's just, it's, uh, it's not that. It's just, it is so cringy that they, they do that. Not that you brought it up.
2: Okay. As long as you and I
0: are good, I'm fine. We'll do a trigger warning, the word suicide or some kind of bullshit like that. I don't know. But, so two things stand out to me. Number one, a lot of this is just the regular Republican platform with new dog whistles for
1: the real wild people, right? I've heard my uncle say every single one of these things going back into the 90s. You know, there you I go. Got, I got I got that branch of the family that does church and all
0: that I know, so you've got a branch of the family that's white trash is that not correct
2: whoa i mean is it
0: are you saying whoa because it's because uh, you've got a branch or are you saying whoa because it's a whole tree
2: i'm saying whoa because like i don't feel like white trash does quite cover just how horrifically more white supremacists is more Woof. I like I, I got a white trash aunt, and mm. then apparently I have one real white supremacist, actual Nazi aunt who I met recently online. Unfortunately, get
1: out of there. Yeah. My uncle has calmly explained to me that black people were happier during slave time.
2: Oh my lord! I don't even believe in the sky bully, and I feel like I need to use his name in vain on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I'm just I just want everyone to know that people like that still exist. That yes. Asia. I've had my, one of my great aunts explain to me, she was like a teacher, explained to me that the education system was ruined because when they integrated the schools, they also made it illegal to beat the kids. And you can't control black kids without beating them.
0: Listen, we could spend all day on uh, your horrific relatives and their, uh, let's get out of here. This has been great. We've learned about (laughs) America (laughs) and we learned about the the ideas at the core of America. Amy, are there any new Anglo-Saxon traditions that you feel like we should start instituting so that maybe like a hundred years from now, like the future of Matt Gaetz's
1: have like something cool to grasp onto?
2: Talking about like culling them from the genetic pool
1: yeah I think I think there's some really important calendar events. That abstinence <laughs>
0: That's what we're all the, the, we're
1: all uh, the, the ultimate
0: Anglo-Saxon value is abstinence is
2: um, hashtag close your legs and open the borders.
1: Close your legs, open the borders. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. First of all, close legs, open borders. Like, like. Let's let's start and end there. But like, uh, recall or remember that while the real crime of whiteness was what it did to the non-white people, what it did to the people that are included in whiteness is erase their previous ethnicity as well. To be white, you had to be homogenous within whiteness, which was actually a hundred different ethnicities all right well listen
0: you guys are really missing out on like welsh remembrance day there's probably some great welsh hero that we could all be celebrating but
1: no no we gotta start from scratch we gotta start from scratch bicycle day halloween new year's all right fine my new bicycle day was gonna make the cut knowing you it's an important holiday remember it amy you got anything you want to plug I want to plug my music stuff again. Look for Amy Hassel on YouTube and you'll find it. Or A Hassel with four A's and two S's on Twitter. Yeah. Sounds good. Alyssa, plug something. What do you got?
2: I got something to plug. One of my favoriteest humans in the world, Bob Mazler, like just absolutely changed my perspective and was one of the few people who got like the last hooks of ignorance out of my brain and just threw me multiple life jackets throughout my educational career. And has just always been there for me and gone to bat for me. He's a lecturer at my university, but he just started a new podcast. And it's called Thriving in Dystopia. It's him and his brother. They're very new. It has not gotten much to look at. And I would love to just like secretly never tell him that I helped him get it because he's just he's brilliant just so i i recommend checking that out giving them some feedback bob Mazler and his partner are two really brilliant people talking about neoliberalism colonialism thriving in dystopia so yeah check out thriving in dystopia on apple Podcasts. and yeah that's probably what i want to plug right now but if you're really curious there are a lot of protests happening in sacramento this week
1: i bet all right thanks everybody thanks for watching Go read one bill from your state legislature. They're all scary. Read one. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Um yeah. You know, yeah. Close your legs,
0: open the borders. We'll see you later. Bye bye.